The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, my name is Chad Young. Make sure to find me on Twitter at Chad Young. Would love to hear from you, hear what you think of the show. And we're going to get right into it. Pretty light day for transactions on Sunday. The Rays activated Josh Fleming from the IL, but then immediately optioned him to the minors. JT Brubaker placed on the paternity list for the Pirates and lined up to return in time to start Saturday against the Jays. The A's recalled Adrian Martinez and center field prospect Christian Pache. Pache, a key piece of that Matt Olson deal from the offseason. Martinez got the start versus the Yankees and pitched pretty well, going five and a third, allowing just one run on three hits two walks with six strikeouts against a very tough team. Good enough to get the headline in Nick Pollock's SP roundup. Make sure you check that out. You'll see that Nick is intrigued. Not exactly telling you to rush out and add Martinez at all costs, though. Pache, meanwhile, came on to play defense, got one plate appearance, and was 0 for 1. Jesus Aguiar cleared waivers and was released by Miami. I expect someone else will give him a shot. The Rockies got Alex Colomay back from the 15-day IL. He'll again be a factor in that bullpen, though he wasn't on Sunday, as Carlos Estevez got the hold and Daniel Bard wrapped up his 27th save. Evan Longoria left the Giants game in the 5th Sunday. He was 1-for-3 with a double at the time, but felt something in his hammy coming around to score. Given his history, you should be worried about some missed time. J.D. Davis would be the big beneficiary if Longoria is out for a bit, but as good as Longoria has been lately, hopefully he'll be back soon. Justin Verlander also left early. He lasted just three innings against Baltimore. Felt something in his calf. Verlander was cruising, striking out six and walking one with three hits allowed, but no runs. He continues to put up just a Cy Young caliber season. Dusty Baker said after the game that Verlander would be getting some imaging done today, so keep an eye out for updates. With the Cubs headed to Toronto, Justin Steele and Adrian Sampson are headed to the restricted list. The Cubs will have Javier Assad, Marcus Stroman, and Luke Farrell on the bump in Canada. Steele is lined up to return Friday to start against St. Louis. Samson will also pitch against the Cards. He'll do that on Sunday. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts said the team will go to a six-man rotation once Clayton Kershaw returns. They'll stick with that rotation for at least a couple weeks. That allows them to keep six starters stretched out and ready to go if needed. Kershaw appears ready to start Thursday at the Mets. 
The full rotation with him in there will include Julio Urias. He pitched decently Sunday, giving up a run and one hit, but walking four over six with six strikeouts. Tony Gonsolin, who's going to pitch tonight, will also be in that rotation along with Andrew Haney, Tyler Anderson, Dustin May, and of course, Kershaw. The big news from Sunday, though, is a transaction that has not happened yet. The Diamondbacks planning to call up Corbin Carroll sometime today. Expect he'll be in the lineup against Ranger Suarez in the Phillies tonight. One of the absolute top prospects in the game, Carroll offers the kind of average power-speed combo that fantasy managers drool over. After losing the 2020 season to the pandemic and getting just 29 plate appearances last year due to a shoulder injury, Carroll has obliterated double and triple A this year, and he's very much ready. The interesting question here is who loses time. Carroll should be in the outfield daily, but Alec Thomas is an almost as good prospect. Dalton Varsho has been very good and leading off at times. Jake McCarthy's been great lately. Jordan Luplo needs to be in versus left-handers. Stone Garrett has been impressive so far this year. First base is taken up by Christian Walker, so you can't just put someone there. Cooper Hummel and Carson Kelly have been catching, so while Dalton Varsho could take time there, there's not really a lot of room. Basically, someone's going to lose out worth watching if you've been counting on any of those Diamondbacks because they're all probably going to lose at least a little time. As for the the on-the-field action Sunday, Isaac Paredes showed us back in June that he can get hot. He hit three home runs in a game and put up eight over a 10-game stretch. Well, coming into Sunday, he had two in his last five games and he added two more. Two for two. He also walked three times, scored three, drove in three. Very impressive and well worth buying in on at least as long as his hot streak continues. He will still be streaky this year, I think, but there is a bright future there. Franchi Cordero didn't have a multi-home run game like Paredes, but he's just as hot, hitting his fourth home run in six games since being recalled on August 21st. He was one for two on the day before being replaced by Bobby Dahlbeck, now five for 13 since rejoining the team. He does have six Ks and 15 plate appearances over that stretch, so don't get too excited. This is what we've known about him, Big power, big hole in the swing. I'd like to see him fix the latter before buying in on the former. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout combined to go 5 for 9 with a walk. They hit a home run each, number 28 for both of them. They drove in 4, scored 2. Trout added a double, but Otani was on base more. How the Angels can't find a way to do something better with those two, I just can't imagine. The Royals and Padres combined for 22 runs Sunday, so plenty of offense to be had. But there were four players with three or more hits. Manny Machado had a couple home runs and a double, going four for five with three runs and four RBIs. He continued to have a great season. Michael Taylor, three for six with a home run, a run, and four RBI. Salvador Perez, three for five with a home run, two runs, two RBI. And Hunter Dozier, four for six with three runs, thanks in part to two stolen bases, just his third and fourth on the year. Machado and Perez are studs. The other two, both interesting options for deep leagues or if you need help desperately. But don't count on many home runs from Taylor or stolen bases from Dozier, no matter what you saw on Sunday. Jake Cave with a combo meal for the Twins. Two for four with a run and four RBI to go with his second home run and first stolen base. Cave isn't playing a ton right now, and he hasn't really produced since 2019. So I don't think there's much to see here other than a fun Sunday afternoon. Nico Horner, three for five with a run and three RBIs, including a two-run shot his eighth of the year. He's been sneakily very good this year, continues to get it done for the Cubs, and he'll be a key part of their future. Corey Seager, two for four with a walk. Both of his hits were home runs. He drove in three and scored three. He and Marcus Simeon, along with Nate Lowe, looking more and more like the foundation the Rangers wanted. That team is still 11 games under 500. For fantasy, though, that record doesn't really matter. Other home runs around baseball, Mookie Betts hit his 31st, Trace Thompson his 7th, Brian Anderson his 6th, Stuart Fairchild hit his 3rd, Ildemaro Vargas got his 4th, J.D. Martinez hit number 10, Tommy Fan got his 15th, George Springer hit his 19th, 
Luis Renjifo swatted his 10th, Kurt Suzuki his 4th, Alex Bregman got to 20, Juan Soto hit his 24th, Stone Garrett got the first of his career, Sergio Alcantara got his 4th, Franmil Reyes hit number 12, Christian Yelich got his 11th as part of a 3-hit day, Colton Wong hit his 10th, Nate Lowe hit his 22nd, Cole Calhoun his 12th, Jimer Candelario got his 12th as well, Dylan Moore hit his 6th, Ty France broke out of a slump with his 15th, Lars Newbar got his 9th, Tommy Edmund number 10, Tyler O'Neill came out as a pinch hitter and match Edmund with his 10th, and Dansby Swanson hit his 17th. As for stolen bases, Trey Turner swiped his 21st, Josh Palacio got his 1st, coming out as a pinch runner for the Nats, Magnaria Sierra also got a pinch run stolen base his 5th in the year, Manuel Margot nabbed his 6th, Sam Hilliard stole his 5th, Cedric Mullins got his 28th, Adley Rutschman swiped his 3rd, Bubba Thompson stole his 8th, Vimael Machine took his 1st, he also got caught for the first time, and Austin Hedges stole his second. Moving to the mound, how about Herman Marquez? i really like to see what he would do if he didn't have to pitch in core so often. Sunday, he went seven innings of one-hit shutout ball against the Mets, striking out five and walking two. I just can't get excited knowing half his starts are at cores, and that it really impacts his consistency on the road as well. Last week, I sort of glossed over a solid Patrick Corbin start against San Diego because, I mean, he's been terrible this year. But he was solid again Sunday, this time against the Reds. Six innings, striking out five, walking just one, and giving up two runs, just one of them earned on four hits. That got him a quality start and a win. And you know what? I'm still glossing over this. He has the Mets next, and if he does well there, well then, let's talk. Nick Lodolo took the loss opposite Corbin, but went seven, giving up three runs on five hits, striking out five, and walking one. He's still figuring out how to pitch in MLB, but this was a solid start, and he has another nice matchup next, so expect more good performances. Max Scherzer, great as always, 11 strikeouts and one walk over seven, allowed a run on four hits. He had 18 whiffs and a 34% CSW, but he lost one nothing. This feels a bit reminiscent of Jacob deGrom's history with the Mets, doesn't it? Okay, I'll admit it, I bailed on Austin Voth ahead of this matchup with the Astros, and well, I guess I'm at best semi-vindicated. One run on one hit over six is good. It's even great. Four strikeouts and three walks over six is not as exciting. Still, that's a tough matchup, and it's enough to make him a clear start next time out versus Oakland. Robbie Ray, stellar, going seven shutout, three hits, no walks, seven strikeouts. He had 14 whiffs. Very nice start for him against Cleveland. He will get them again next weekend. Corey Kluber with a win and a quality start, but the win was as much thanks to Nick Pavetta's poor pitching as Kluber's good pitching. Kluber gave up three runs and eight hits over six, struck out only four, and he gave up three home runs. Giving up eight hits, including three home runs over six innings and escaping with three earned runs, that is some kind of Houdini act. Pavetta, meanwhile, was really bad. That is a risk you take when you buy in on his good stretches. Ronzi Contreras, very strong, posting a 36% CSW, 17 whiffs and 89 pitches Sunday, finished with five shutout innings, giving up three hits and two walks, striking out seven. The Jays are next, and I'm staying away from that, but long term, I want this guy, and I want him badly. Not a great end to the weekend for Edward Cabrera, who went head-to-head with the Dodgers and got hit hard. Six runs on five hits, three walks, struck out five over five and two-thirds. Future is still bright, but a reminder Sunday that his command still has some questions to answer, and that young pitchers aren't always perfect. You can forgive him this one and wait for better matchups. Ross Stripling took the loss, giving up three earned runs on seven hits over six, but he struck out six without a walk, had a 31% CSW and 11 whiffs. I'm still all in on this version of Stripling, and he has Pittsburgh next. 
Sean Manaya was bad again, giving up six earned runs on 10 hits over four to the Royals. And seriously, it is time to move on. Dylan Cease with another eight-inning gem. Two solo shots were the only hits and runs he allowed. He even restricted the walks, giving up just one while striking out nine. Second home run, though, cost him a shot at the win. Drew Hutchison has been better lately, went five and a third Sunday, giving up just two runs and four hits. But he only struck out three. He walked two. He's avoiding earned runs, but he isn't really pitching that well. Getting his first start of the year, Clark Schmidt leaned on his slider for the Yankees, and it helped. But he had nothing else, and the results were four runs on eight hits with a walk, seven strikeouts over four and a third. That strong slider is what got the seven strikeouts. It was everything else that led to the four runs and eight hits. You can see what could be, but it's not there yet, and I'm still holding off. Jake Odorizzi was cruising until the sixth, and then a home run and three straight singles got him pulled. He finished with five and two-thirds innings, giving up two runs and four hits and a walk, plus four strikeouts. He gets Miami next, and that's not a bad play at all. Adam Wainwright was Adam Wainwright as he went six and two-thirds, giving up two runs on eight hits, four strikeouts, no walks. Whiffs and CSW aren't great, but Waino just does this over and over. In the bullpens, Kyle Finnegan got his eighth save for the Nats. Rafael Montero got his ninth for the Astros. This is his second since Ryan Presley went on the IL. He gave up a run and three hits, but did strike out two. I would grab him if you still can, but plan to cut him in 10 days or so when Presley is back. Padres down nine to six and tried to give a low leverage opportunity against a bad Royals team to Josh Hader. It went totally sideways. Again, he got just one measly out, giving up five hits, walking two on his way to six earned runs. No idea what to tell you. He's just lost right now, and there's no way you can have him in your lineup. Jorge Lopez was up five, so no save, but had an easy inning to close it out against the Giants. One, two, three with a K. Nice to see for a guy who has given up at least two base runners in four of his last five outings and five of his nine since coming to Minnesota. Kendall Graveman gave up a run on a hit and two walks to take the loss in the ninth for the White Sox. They were swept by the Diamondbacks. The D-backs' late heroics provided a win to Noe Ramirez and a ninth save to Ian Kennedy. Devin Williams locked down his ninth save as well, going 1-2-3 with a strikeout. Definitely his job. Joe Jimenez came on for two-thirds of an inning after Gregory Soto nearly blew the game in the ninth, giving up three runs on three hits and a walk. Jimenez ended up with his second save. My guess is this does not lead to a change, but Jimenez is knocking on the door if anyone cares to answer. AJ Puck saved his fourth with a couple Ks. Puck looks to be a good saves target, but he's on a bad team and a team that has given their last four saves to three different pitchers, and that dates all the way back to August 3rd. Blown saves for a couple of elite relievers in St. Louis Sunday. Ryan Helsley came out in the seventh and allowed the go-ahead run to score on the O'Neill home run. He would finish giving up one run on one hit and three Ks in an inning in the third. But then A.J. Minter gave up four runs, although three of them were unearned, on two hits and a walk. That was his fourth blown save. Put the game back in the hands of Giovanni Gallegos, who finally closed it down for the cards, earning his 13th save. With that, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back to talk about Monday. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code 
podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well, from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball, even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at PitcherList.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Let's take a quick look at the weather with our friend Mark Paquette. Thank you very much. Looking at today's small schedule, we're going to have one game with some showers around. It doesn't look like a huge deal, not a soaking rain, not an all-night rain, nothing like that. And that's in Cincinnati where the Reds are going to host the Cardinals. So that's the game to watch. Delay certainly possible. I wouldn't expect a postponement, but something to watch. Have a good one, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for streamers on Monday, there are limited choices here. Maybe Ranger Suarez is available. I might gamble on Brian Bayo providing another solid start. But most of the day are either bad matchups or pitchers you were starting anyway. The other end of the spectrum, I don't know a ton about Javier Assad, but I don't like the idea of him facing the Jays in Toronto. I will be making sure all of my Jays are in the lineup. And if you're looking for something to watch today, man, you have a lot of choices. Rodon is pitching. Burns is pitching. Montas. Lopez versus Gonsolin. Take your pick. Lots of good choices. Before you watch any of that, make sure you visit Pitcher List. A lot of great content there, including the SP Roundup, Batters Box, and Reliever Ranks. Tell you everything that happened in baseball yesterday, everything you should be looking for today. With that, hope you have a good week, and I'll be back with you on the weekend. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.